What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here from Fantasy Alarm on the Sawdust Podcast Network, bringing you all the latest. What's up, Adam? How was the weekend? I know you had a crappy day today, and we can get into that. But before we get to how crappy your day was and lineup block and the stress that I know has you pulling some of that hair out, uh, did you at least have a good weekend? Yes, it was a good weekend <laughs> outside of opening day softball rained out, which I knew was going to happen. I saw the weather report and I was like, there's no way we're playing. And of course, they were like Saturday night. Coach was like, hey, they're not going to make a decision until the morning. They're going to see. I'm like, this is not going to happen. I set my alarm clock 745. But when I know I have to wake up, I have like this internal clock in my body. I woke up 7 a.m., grabbed my phone. A minute later, text comes in. All right, guys, uh, picture from the website. All games canceled today. Looks like the rain is going to be there all day. We don't want to start it and this and that. So so then I'm like, OK, cool. So I hit up my friend I'm like, hey, you want to go get something to eat? Sure. And we're sitting there and I'm like, there's no way the Mets are playing today. I mean, look at this forecast, you know. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Get in my car. It's 1.10 p.m. Eastern. The game is on the radio. I'm like, what the fuck? They're playing? I'm like, <laughs> there's no window at all. We were looking at the forecast and like, well, maybe there's a window of an hour. And then, of course, you know, we're listening on the radio and they're like, ah, Strowman doesn't want, looks like Strowman doesn't want to pitch. He's upset and he's stalling, throwing the ball out of play. All right, here come the umpires taking him off the field. I was like, it was the dumbest decision. I have no idea why they decided to play. Like, first of all, it does you no good because say you do get in a few innings and then have to stop. Now you wasted Strowman, right? The other thing is, it's early April against a divisional opponent. Wouldn't you rather have that game rescheduled late in the year where, number one, you have the potential for more fans to enter the ballpark, which means more concession, more parking. And later in the year, you're healthier with Noah Syndergaard and Carlos Carrasco hopefully back. So this whole thing made no sense because some people will say, well, it's to get people there for parking and concession. But fine, that's one aspect, and they did get that. But everything else was worse. Now, I know Stroman is going to pitch on Tuesday. With the doubleheader, because again, Monday, fortunately, was smart enough to realize, hey, this forecast sucks. So let's just cancel it. But yeah, no, it was, it was a good weekend, I guess, overall. You know, but yeah, just only getting to see two Mets games was kind of terrible because I wanted to watch the Mets yesterday while I was doing my NBA stuff. But watch the Yankees instead and other games. So no, it was overall was uh, pretty good, though. So about Stroman getting so mouthy, pissing and moaning. Like, you're on He's a right. Year- He's completely right. right. (laughs) Yeah, but you don't take it public, dude. No, it's fine. Why? You're on a one-year deal. You obviously don't really want to stay in New York, huh? No, I don't think that's true. That's how Strowman is, man, if you follow him on Twitter and stuff. And I have no problem with it. Again, this goes back, and I know we've had the discussion. Do you want your athletes to be robots and say nothing, or do you want them to be who they are? And people criticize both. Oh, he's too outspoken. He should shut up. And then when you hear interviews where they're generic – yeah, I got to play hard 100% every day. Then you, oh, these guys are boring. Why? You can't have it both ways. So he was right. The Mets were fucking idiots yesterday. I couldn't believe it. I, I'm i telling you, my friend will tell you, when I got in the car and turned the game on, I could not believe they were playing. Trust me, I followed the forecast. I'm here. And I saw it. I'm like, there's no way I'm playing softball. No way. And I know softball major leagues is different, but there was no window to play. None. It was like 70 to 80% every hour. Maybe 40% one hour. There was no chance that game was getting in. I don't know what weather report they were looking at. 
And you did risk. And Strowman was upset because he's like, thank God no one got hurt. Because, yeah, you can get hurt, man. You know, that's why they don't play baseball in the rain. Everyone's like, oh, they play football. Because a back hit slip. Pitchers don't have grip on the baseball. He kept changing the baseball because he had no grip on it. It's fucking wet. It sucks. You know, it's not because they're they're soft. It's not a sport that's conducive for rain. And it's money. And these guys already get hurt as is. I mean, go look at your fantasy teams, right? How many injuries do you have right now? Everyone has been hit with injuries. They should have never started that game. They should have canceled it at 9 a.m. It was an idiotic decision. And I I don't know why. And they're fortunate that Strowman only threw, I don't know what, eight pitches. So it's like a throw day. But still, man, it's it was stupid. There was no there was nothing to gain from that at all. From a business perspective, your players' health, nothing. All right, fine, great. You got you're not even have a full ballpark now. How many fans are there? Eight, nine thousand? All right, great. You got some parking and some concession. Did it was it worth it? No. So feisty with your Mets. Look at no, you. No, because look, I, because <laughs> I'm objective, bro. You know this. I, in fact, over the last few years, I've crushed the Mets a lot because I'm objective about it. And obviously, the Wilpons were the reason why. So I feel good with Steve Cohen. He's brought energy, optimism. He wants to win. But the decision yesterday, and that was a Mets decision. That's not in the hands of the, the game before it starts. is in the decision of the home team. Yeah. And I, I had no idea why they fucking started that game. It made no sense at all. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I will. Um, yeah. I, I listen. I I wasn't fo- I wasn't following it all that closely as it was going on. I because I you know when I was looking at the weather, you know I was like, all right, there's no way this game happens, and you know if uh, if it does happen, um, it's gonna get called. Like you just you just knew that with the weather report. So I was like, all right, I didn't even bother paying attention. Then I saw the news. <laughs> With Strowman popping off, and I was just like, "Yeah, listen, I mean, you're not saying you're not right, but you know, you're also uh, you're also just putting yourself uh, on the hot seat with your uh, with your 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 team, your general manager, and and listen, that's fine if you're just if you're confident enough in your stuff and your 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 position that you'll sign on with somebody next year, no problem." Then you know, then then you can burn that bridge, I guess. But nah, see, it won't matter. Like maybe I don't even know if they're upset or not. But you know what? If they go on and he pitches well and they make the players, so it's gonna be forgotten. It's all about how he performs on the mound. If he goes out there and performs, no one's gonna say anything. But he's one of those guys who's very vocal on social media, and a lot of it is because, and again, I covered him in high school, so I know him a little bit. I mean, this is not was not his personality in high school. Like you know, he was obviously confident but he's always been doubted his entire life people always told him he was never going to make it in fact when he was drafted they told him everyone's like well why are you taking this guy early he's never going to be a starting pitcher he's a reliever he's tom gordon so he's heard that his entire life and that's why he has that chip on his shoulder and what happened even in duke i think he relieved a little bit he came to the majors and you know he's shown he can be a successful starter i mean he's not an elite starter but he's good i mean he compared to a lot of pitching in baseball. So he's always been told you're too small. You're never going to make it. And when you have that, when people doubt you, you have to have that extreme confidence to overcome it. And, you know, he's carried it and he even has his own uh, like clothing line and stuff called HDMH, which means height doesn't measure heart. So that's something he's always been like that. And he's been doubted. So those type of people are always going to be confident and speak their voice. And I don't, I don't see a problem with it. Do you have any of this HDMH no. clothing? No, I don't. 
kind of clothing line is it? Uh, there's a bunch of stuff, and he's actually put out some other stuff like cleats and stuff. He's like, again, with credit, he's just trying to be an entrepreneur and do business and all that stuff. So good for him, you know. I'll look for it right here. There you go. Height doesn't measure heart. Um, oh, you can get this Letterman jacket only $80. Wow, 80 bucks for a Letterman jacket. That's pretty good. Um, got yeah, some baseball jerseys. jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, looking at it right now. Let me go to the uh oh, accessories. You can get bracelets, keychain holders, all that fun stuff. We got some hats. Why would why would anybody get a white hoodie? Can I ask that question, man? A white hoodie. It's I just, don't I don't wear any white clothing. Right? It's, it's like you're just begging for stains. Yeah, exactly. I've had the same discussion um, with someone recently. I'm like, because I wear mostly dark clothing, but I don't like white. In fact, so my team said they were the long text message chain for software. They're like, yeah, we're getting white jerseys this year. And I was like, they were like, let us know if you want a white or red. And I'm like, I, I just want a red. I don't want a white. So I'm like, so what's the deal? Do we have to like, because it's weird. It's like, wait, you can't have half the team wearing white, half wearing red. And you know what I mean? Like, we got to be uniform here. So I was like, so what's the deal? Because I don't like wearing white. The manager's finally like, yeah, we're going to wear white in the summer and red in the fall. And I don't play in the fall because of fantasy football. I can't play on Sundays. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm stuck getting the white. I don't want to be the only one else. But yeah, I don't want to wear white, man. You should, you should just be the only the red, guy right? in the red jersey. Absolutely. Right? Take oh, a stand, dude. I Come should, on. Like, Sorry, I can't wear white, man. You should, you know what? The the first day that you're there, you should bring everybody like one of those chicken parm dinners. So they got like all the pasta sauce and all the other shit that they've got to deal with there. It, 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 enjoy that with your white jerseys, you morons. <laughs> right? Yeah, I want you to. Know, I, I don't. I don't even know. Oh, the only white. I think the only white that I have is a uh, my friend for. Christmas bought me a Mets white Pete Alonso jersey. I want black, but how am I going to complain? He bought it for me, but it's white. So, oh, and then someone actually Ed from the Bronx years ago gave me a Mets white Matt Harvey jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still in the closet, but yeah, I don't like, I just don't like wearing white, man. Yeah, my, uh, my, my, you know, it's so funny. My Yankee pinstripes jerseys, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, I just, you know, you, you give up after a while because, you know, you want the pinstripes because it's classic. I don't need the road grays. But, I mean, sure as shit, you look at all my jerseys and they're like, there's stains all over the front of them, you know, in like a variety of places. I just, I, I'm sorry. I'm, Let's I'm, see if you're as bad as me. I don't even wear white socks. Um, I haven't worn white socks. I mean, I, I think really? I have like one or two pairs of white socks. but I that's have like, pairs, but I never wear them. Mine are black and like gray. You know, for like, you know, if I put, if I'm wearing sneakers, I don't want to be wearing like the black socks with the sneakers. So you, oh wow. So you mostly, most of your socks are not white. Most of my socks are not white. Correct. Wow. So we're the same in that way too. Yeah. I I, I wear black socks. bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, the similarities are just popping up left and right here. <laughs> well, at least we have one thing in common. <laughs> now we're both from New York. We like different uh, – no, we're both Rangers fans. You're a Rangers fan, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So same hockey team. We don't agree on football. We don't agree on baseball. We don't – different musical tastes. Um, we both like food. We both like food. We both like um, uh, different ethnicity women. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Right? Is that the, the proper way to we put it? We both like fantasy sports and sports wagering. By the way, you're killing it with the MLB bets, bro. Dude. You guys yeah, make been... me... Dude, you, you, you and the hockey guys, you guys don't understand how fucking hard basketball is. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I, I went over this on, on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio with Wagner. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Hockey's fucking easy. Looking at your record. He's like, oh, bro. I'm like, come on. Basketball's not that easy. You got... You guys know who's in the lineups of the day. I'm sitting there all day. Is this guy going to play? Is this guy? Uh, I mean, again, I've been doing well, but baseball and hockey definitely seems like not nothing is ever easy in wagering, but you guys are doing great. And it puts the pressure on me with basketball. And then I'll give out a pick early and then fucking half the team's not playing. I'm like, oh, OK, that pick looks bad now. You guys no, don't. Dude, I submitted my uh, my props, uh, you know, my props article today. And I had a bunch of JT Romuto in there. And I was like, oh, well, that's okay, though. That's a cancellation. That shit happens. You get your money back on a prop. Right, right, right. Yeah. But no, I mean, but like, you know, I wait, I wait a while for the prop so that everything comes in. Now, I mean, listen, I I, I love Bet MGM because they've got, you know, so many of the props in nice and early. It makes it very easy to kind of do that research. But I always want to make sure that I give like, you know, the best line. Yeah. The best lines. And so I do it, you know, it comes out. An hour, to, probably two hours. The best bets usually comes out about two hours before game time starts, and the and the props come out about an hour before. You know, and I've told everybody that this is just this is what it is. But yeah, well, like there was is, some, is that partly because you have had a lot of afternoon baseball lately? Definitely because I've had a lot of afternoon baseball. But I mean, I was doing that today, but you know, with uh, with such a heavy night slate tonight, like twelve night games um, versus the afternoon and. You know, I got the best bets in like, you know, fairly early. Um, but the props I was sitting there, it was like right up until like, you know, showtime on uh, on Fantasy Alarm on Sirius XM uh, to like pop it out there. I mean, there was there was one thing. What was the, the prop that I was looking at was. Um, where was it? Oh, I think it was. Was it the Kyle Seeger one? I think it was like total bases over for Kyle Seeger. Was that what it was, or was it the, or was it the over under on uh, on another one? But whatever it was, it was like BetMGM had it at plus a hundred, and fucking DK Sportsbook had it at minus one thirty. Yeah, and so I was the, like, all right, I love this prop. I love you got to bet it, but bet it at MGM. You can't, you know, can't do it on DK. This, this is it's it's not worth it. Yeah, it's very important, and that's what I do, too. Same with hoops as I look through all the books, and I give the lowest one. And I don't know if it's the same with – like, the pro, like stuff moves for NBA. Like, I handed in my Best Bets article on Monday a little early because I felt like there was going to be line movement. So I gave out over 234.5 for Kings Pelicans. And when I checked like an hour ago, that line was up to 237. So it's it's moving because a lot of money is coming in on the over. So right. that's the one thing. If you see something, even sometimes the night before, uh, I'll do it once in a while. Like if I see something that's really noticeable and it's late at night and not every book has their early FanDuel and BetMGM. No, FanDuel, I noticed FanDuel Sportsbook has stuff the night before. I don't notice it as much with DK and BetMGM. Um but yeah, if you feel like, hey, this line's going to really move tomorrow, it's kind of low, then yeah, hop on it if you have that intuition. Because NBA, there's definitely a lot of line movement throughout the day. And of course, with players being ruled out and in, um, it, it's significant. 
It sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's part of it, man. I mean, again, I love it. But, yeah, there are days where you're just like, oh, this is just ridiculous. I'm like, who's in? Who's out? Ugh. Yeah, they're really not making it easy for you over at uh, in the NBA world. I'm, so- I'm sorry, Adam. I'm sorry. Yeah, that is for sure, man. Well, at least I know Kawhi Leonard's already out on Tuesday, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> you can come over to baseball, dude. You come uh, come do some best bet work over here. It's at some time. point, but someone's got to do the NBA stuff. Well, you can't. You can just leave it. Well, I, I you know, I mean, do you you know, you're not the first person who has bitched to me about the NBA. Well, like Impendo wants to that. bang his head into the wall. Grande wants to put his head into a vice. I mean, it well, is. It's, it's tough, though, if you're doing like because imagine doing the playbook and you're like, all right, I want to get this out by like three. You can't. And it's just like, well, I just wrote that up and now this guy's out and now it opens up a ton of because basketball, obviously, minutes played are very important. So you got one guy rolled out. Now, all of a sudden, a ton of usage opens up and now you're off. Scratch this. Put this guy in. I mean. It's even crazy. I do the valuable kind of often. I write it up. I'm like, okay, boom, here it is. I got to get in a little earlier because I got to do the best bets and props. And then by the time lineup lock comes, oh, this guy's out. It's like, great. There's more value. And it's like, that's where I always say you've got to pay attention like to last minute news. You can't just go by, you know, we give you the basis for it on Fantasy Alarm. But you've got to pay attention because things happen in the final hour, half hour that, you know, we can't write up. You know, that's where you have to follow the news, check out the live stream, and that's where you get that news. But you can't, this NBA is not where you, oh, I'm going to set this at 2 p.m. and I'm good. No, 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 no. If you do that, you're lighting your money on fire. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I'll tell you what, man, like that's one of the reasons why, you know, listen, I'm not a projections guy. I've never been a projections guy. Um, but for those who do like it, like that's one of the things that I do love about our fanjections with Fantasy Alarm is that, like these guys are sitting there constantly adjusting minutes, which, you know, obviously, you know, tweak certain things when uh, when guys are ruled out and stuff. So, you know, it's like the projections that you are looking at, you know, that they've been adjusted throughout the day um, to reflect the news, you know, and it's like, you know, so, you know, you know that that hour right before lineup lock when you're looking at shit, it's uh, it's helping. It's definitely helping. So oh, I'm getting a, I'm getting a, <laughs> so, so with, with all the shit that I've been doing for MLB and the best bets and, and, you know, on a, on a nice little heater here, um, it has, uh, you know, it's like when, when, you know, when, when somebody like a dog takes a shit and then all the flies start circling around it, right. That fly is Ani Sreeder right now, who is like messaging me, um, crazy about like props and picks and stuff like that. That boy is tur- is is turning me into a, a crazy degenerate now. Yeah, he definitely is one. I can attest to that. He is. He's uh, he was all over. I said that you know the the Tyler. I I, I liked the Tyler Glasnow prop. It was high, wasn't it? Eight and a half. It was, nine eight, and a half. it was eight and a half, and I was like, you know, I said that's just it's too high for me. Only because I mean, you know, not that I like Texas's lineup, but. You know, it just, it, just it seemed high, and he's at nine right now yeah. through five innings with sixty-seven pitches. Here's the thing about Glass now, bro. If he's not gonna walk, guys, fucking filthy man, and it sucks, bro. Because I had Tyler Glass now everywhere last year, and he was one of the 
big risers. I know Sean Childs, uh, who I used to work with and is a high stakes player. He took him at two, two in a 15 team league. And Brian Ambrose and I in the main event, our plan was Tyler Glass now in round three. We're like, he's not making it back and four. We got to push him up. Pitching is aggressive there because we went in with a plan. So we got Trout at pick eight. Was it seven? I think eight. Round two, as we said, Freddie Freeman was there. We couldn't believe it. So he said, we can't pass on Freddie Freeman. Round three, Eloy Jimenez is there. How can we pass on him? And we took Eloy and Glassnow didn't make it back. But our, if Eloy wasn't there, we were going Glassnow. So that's the thing where a little thing swing your way, a little luck, little bad luck can change things. But Glassnow was definitely our third round pick. But we said, how can we pass on Eloy? Remember, I picked him as the MVP. Mm-hmm. So I I was like, yeah, we got, we both said we sure. Yeah, I'm like, we both agree. Like, yeah, how can we pass? You know, we'll pivot and we'll figure out the pitching. Got to take, let's load up with these three bats. And, you know, it gets hurt before the season even starts. And now Glassnow is uh, dominant. But I have no Tyler Glassnow this year. My auction at my home league, dude, he went for an insane amount. Like, I was like, I think it was like, I think it was 39 bucks, but our cap is 300, but there's a lot of inflation, but he went high, bro, high. And I was like, damn, I can't. Cause I already had Cole at like 30 something. So I couldn't go another pitcher that high. It wasn't in my plan. Um, so yeah, I got shut out on glass now this year and it absolutely sucks. In fact, didn't both of us say first for our predictions? I know mine was first pitcher to have 200 Ks in his career was glass now for me. I think you too, right? Um, I know I had him for the, the 200 K's and then on the, uh, I think I also, I think I said Cy Young, AL Cy. Oh yeah. That's not crazy at all. I think, who did I pick? I didn't want to go Cole. I, uh, I think I went Lance McCullers, which probably was a little bit of a bold because innings, but Glassland, you could say the same thing, but man. Glassland's never thrown more than 150 innings in a season in his, in his life. That's yeah, and that's the one concern with him. Like we are getting excited here, we still need him to stay healthy. But if he ever, actually, in the major leagues, he's never thrown more than 111 and two thirds. I mean, look at the last three years, bro. 1960 and two thirds, 2057 and a third. I mean, I know it was a short season, but the key, again, if these walks are down, if he cuts these walks out, my goodness, man, he's just going to be lethal. Uh, I pulled up our uh, our bold predictions, folks. These were made before, you know, way before the season started here. Um, but let's see if if Adam if Adam Ronas and I are twinsies here. Um, so AL MVP. Well, you had Eloy. I have Mike Trout. Now, oh, easy call with you. I could have done that, but I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fair, though. I mean, it's like. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely fair. Uh, NL MVP was we both had Juan Soto. We probably should switch that to Acuna, but nah, I'm just kidding. Soto, okay. but Acuna though has been unbelievable so far. Sure, oh, he's been fantastic, which dude. we all knew, and he probably probably should have just been the first pick. Um, yeah, probably. I mean, listen, <laughs> it's early though, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's so early, and and you know, listen, I mean, what are you gonna? Yeah, you're gonna. You can't use now to judge between Acuna and Betts and stuff like that. You know, it's so funny. So we were talking today. We'll get back to the, the the bold predictions, but we were talking today about Byron Buxton. So I wrote I wrote my uh, my buzz cuts article on uh, on Fantasy Alarm this morning, and 
uh, wrote about, you know, having Byron Buxton FOMO, right? And just, you know, I was just so, so bummed about it. And it made me all sad. And, you know, he's doing so well and stuff like that. But, you know, one of the things that I was talking about with that was that, you know, for me, as much as I love Byron Buxton, as much as I love what he's doing, there's no better time than to trade him right now because his value is never going to be higher. I mean, okay, maybe if in like two weeks he maintains what he's doing, then everybody's going to be, you know, jerking their gherkin on that. But, you know, let's say that like, you know, two weeks he's like, okay, it's not great, but it's just okay. But his numbers still look good because of obviously this hot start, right? What happens if he goes into like a little bit of a week-long slump? You know, what do people think about him then? What happens if in three weeks he, you know, the usual, like he gets hurt? Like I'm just saying his value has never been higher or it's not going to be higher than it is right now um, because I'm seeing all of these crazy offers. Somebody was like Byron Buxton and Zach Wheeler for Mookie Betts was just somebody offered me Mookie Betts for Byron Buxton and Zach Wheeler. Should I take that deal? And I was like. I mean, <laughs> we're saying Mookie Betts. Why? Because he's got a bad back now. We're going to put Byron Buxton and Zach Wheeler in, into into that stratosphere, that level. Like, I just, yeah, like, you know, I can't sit there and, like, argue top players, like, inside the, the first two weeks here. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, look, the thing with Buxton, it's a, we all know it's all about health. If the guy stays healthy, and I know he's only played 140 games once, uh, we know what he can do. I mean, we saw it last year. The guy had 13 homers in, what, 39 games? So he was a high pick for a reason. There's a reason why people have been touting year after year. It's can he stay healthy. So, yeah, I mean, you have to make that decision. You know, if you can get a high price tag, here's the thing. You're either going to be like, damn, I should have kept him. He finally stayed healthy, and he's in the MVP talk. Or you'll keep him. He gets hurt, be like, oh man, I should have traded him. I, you know, it's one of the two, and you just have to make a educated decision on what you think. And sometimes it is gut instinct, right? You're like, you know what? Let's look at the track record. I mean, you could say the same thing about so many players, right? Aaron Judge. I know he had the oblique scare the other day, and I thought he was going to go on the injured list, but he was back in the lineup. Is in the lineup today. But I mean, that's another guy. If that guy goes on a torch streak, don't you try and sell him? Yes. I'm all about, listen, that's, you know, it's so funny. It's one of the things where I, you know, the, the whole stuff between high stakes players and, and, and fantasy analysts and that whole thing. And I wrote about that too. Um, but, um, oh shit. What was I just the point that I was just about to make off of that? Because it was, uh, oh, it was just, uh, this is the way I am. I'm all about, you know, trading high. Like if somebody, there's somebody in, in your league who is going to overpay for a guy like that's just it's just the way it goes. And so, yeah, I mean, if somebody's, you know, doing that, well, whatever, if somebody's making me that kind of an offer, I have to do it. Like I, you have to do it. It's it's it, it would be criminal. You know what they say? Uh, it, you know, a fool and his money are soon parted. Um, yeah, you got to you got to do it. You have to make that move. Don't you? Buxton, and I don't have Buxton anywhere. I think I have him in a draft Champions League. Um, if I offered you Mookie Betts for for Buxton and Zach Wheeler, just I think, five by five, but it de- I, 
I know it's easy to say take bets, but it really depends on the rest of your roster because Wheeler's not great, but that's a guy that gives you innings. So pitching is hard to come by. So I know it's like, oh, just take bets. And maybe that is the answer, but I think you have to see what the rest of the roster is. Because remember, and this is one thing I brought up in a preseason about the Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to be extremely cautious right. with any player that has any aches or pain. And they should be. They're all about the postseason, which sucks for fantasy for us. But it's part of the reason why I was worried about some of their pitchers, like a Walker Bueller. I think they're going to be very cautious with them. Dude, those guys are all going on the injured list at some point this year. Maybe not Trevor Bauer because he's going to be like, nope, nope, I'm good. I'm good. You paid me. But we already see Bellinger on the injured list. I wouldn't be surprised if they put Mookie Betts on. I hope not because I think I had him in my lineups this week, uh, even though I missed the whole weekend. But, you know, that's the one concern. But, yeah, I mean, in general, yeah, you're going to take that. But, you know, even though I didn't draft Wheeler anyway, I think in some drafts he went a little too high. I know I had him a little bit lower than consensus. But Wheeler is actually a workhorse. It's crazy to say that because we remember the injuries during his career. But 182 in a third innings in 18, 195 in a third in 19, 71 last year. And um, he's off to – it's only two games. But, you know, pretty solid start. And the Ks are back up. That's going to be the key. Um but, you know, you can't underestimate the innings that a guy like Wheeler can give you. I agree that you can't underestimate the uh, the innings a guy like Wheeler can give you. I, I Listen, I've got him in a, in a, in a few spots, actually. Um, for me, though, it, it, it's more on the line of now. Yeah, obviously, you're not going to make a deal that you don't that, that, that you don't need. Like if you. If you have Mookie Betts and you need starting pitching, well, it, maybe it's something that you do have to be concerned with. But I mean, f- ah, yeah, I, I just for me, it's it's about getting that key offensive guy. I mean, I always feel like you know, you you just you you can if if you put in the work to be able to stream pitchers, yeah, it sucks and it's a huge pain in the ass, but. Like to me, it's always about finding that elite bat. And now, yeah, there's there's risk, obviously, with the current back injury versus, you know, Buxton's potential. But man, I just I look at the numbers put up over the over time, and I know the potential is there, but the fact that it's just never happened. Well, I mean, it happened the the one year, and then all of a sudden, like it was like, oh, it's gonna be amazing next year. It's gonna be crazy. And then it was like four straight years of just. Uh, I want to gouge my fucking eyes out with a spoon. So frustrating. So frustrating. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm just, I'm, I'm too burnt on Buxton. Could be. I mean, look, it's certainly, I mean, maybe he does stay healthy. The year that we really don't have much invested in him. We're like, great. I was in on him every fucking year. And then the one year that I only have him in one league. And no redraft leagues with waiver wire moves, and then he goes off. That's the worst. But yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's a judgment call. I mean, a lot of people are going to say, "Yeah, trade him." Look at the track record; he can't stay healthy. What makes you think it's going to change? But we've seen this before. Players are injury prone, and then all of a sudden, they're not. Like Nelson Cruz. Do you remember Nelson Cruz early in his career? That dude could not stay healthy. Well, and because he, they just they told him to stop stealing bases, and then he stopped stealing bases, and he stopped getting hurt. He it was always it was always a hamstring issue with him. Always, trust me. I've 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 I've, I've you know, <laughs> I've spent many a baseball season with Nelson Cruz. 
Um, this dude was supposed to be like 50-50 at some yeah. point. Adam he had, his rookie he had year. A, he had a 33 homer, 20 steal season with Texas in 2009. Oh. And that was over 128 games. And then oh, the next year, no. 108 games had 22 homers and 17 steals. And then after that, he never had double digits again. And they were like, stop fucking stealing. You're missing too much time. Your bat is worth so much more than, than you know, your legs right now. Oh, it's so funny that you bring him up. That's, ah. Uh... That was crazy. That I mean, dude, even was... in football, Matthew Stafford, he was injury prone for a while, and then dude never got hurt again. And I know he missed time this year, but for the most part. So it happens. There's always certain players like, oh, yeah, he's in. And then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, Glasnow has 10Ks. So what was the pro- – wait, <laughs> oh, the proposition? Oh, so, so Glasnow's got 10Ks, and oh, by the way, Howard, yeah, in case you are feeling the pangs of, of Byron Buxton and the breakout and you don't have them, let me just remind you that there are – Plenty of players who've been injury prone their whole lives, and then they did it. <laughs> no, I wasn't trying to. I was just bringing it up. But you didn't even write up the glass no prop, right? I did not. Oh no, no, no! I wasn't even talking about the glass no prop. Oh. I was talking about the uh, the injuries to. Oh well, I mean, glasses. I mean, look, glasses. Another guy you can bring up too if you have them. Like you start to think, but the problem is with pitching. It's so hard to trade someone that is this dominant. It's just. Re- it's human nature, man. Like you just sit there and you're like, look how dominant this guy is. Like no one's touching him. How can I trade this guy? Like you have to get back a lot. You just right, really but, do. But see, that's the thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade glass. No. And it's, you know, it's but yes. You would trade Buxton. But I would trade Buxton. Okay. Look, I can't really argue well, with you because what am I supposed to say to defend Buxton? I got nothing except you, one year he stayed healthy. He can't. I mean, listen, and and I hope that he has the most amazing fucking season. I really do. I genuinely do. Why? Because I believed in him for so long, and whether I have him on a fantasy team or not, at least I was right about the fact that the talent is there. I'm not going to go tooting my horn here and be like, this is why I told you six years ago you should be drafting Byron Buxton every year. Like, I'm not going to pull shit like that. But, like, it just it makes me feel better knowing that the analysis was right and, you know, it just it came down to, to injuries. But the reason I wouldn't trade Glasnow is, well, you know, no, he hasn't thrown 150 innings and whatever, but he's just got been his through. 11th strikeout, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been through, like, his injuries and stuff like that. And, you know, and how many times have we seen pitchers, you know, you get the Tommy John and your, your arm's tighter and – Strikeout rate goes up, and you know there are some guys who just come back from Tommy John surgery. They they never come back from it, and then there are some guys who are just fucking amazing. It's like that versus yeah, Byron Buxton. But because here's the thing, like Buxton goes all out, and you got to respect the player. But that means that he's going to be out for two weeks with a back issue because he went up on center field wall to make a, a, a fucking amazing catch. Right, he went sliding head first, made this amazing diving catch, but oh, now he's like, you know, he pulled something while while making that slide. Like that's that's the thing. That's why I'll trade Buxton. I also think, you know, while yes, you can stream pitching uh, and and help out, you're never gonna get. It's like you know, I, you, you don't trade Jacob Degrom because you're just you're never gonna get somebody who's going to be so consistent with the strikeouts, with the low ratios. Um, and, and it's just, that's, that's at a premium. You watch how many fucking, you know, for, you know, second and third round pitchers completely disappoint people this year. Like it's going to make having the DeGroms and the glass nose that much more valuable. 
Well, hopefully you're right because I have Degrom and Labor, and I'm in last place. But that's because my dude, I had three home runs going into Sunday. <laughs> three, bro. <laughs> We're more than a week into the year. I got like a few yesterday. I think Devers had two, and I don't know, whatever. But yeah, um, it's the only league that I'm doing bad in. Again, I don't really care though. Like I said, the standings matter to me in September. I don't care what the standings are now. You don't want to get buried, obviously, but. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you can give advice to people. They ultimately have to decide. Um, but the track record for Buxton, you have to be skeptical of his health. There's no doubt about it. But then part of you says, well, what if this the year he plays 140, 150 games? You don't want to miss out on that. And that's where you have to make those decisions. You think about it and you got to live with it. Once you make it, you got to be prepared. You know, you might trade a Buxton away and thinking, all right, he's going to get hurt. And then he stays healthy and you got to be able to live with that. Before you pull the trigger on any trade, you got to think through all the scenarios and understand, hey, I'm selling high on this guy because the durability and track record isn't there. But there is a chance that he does play 150 games. He played 140 before, and maybe this is the year that he's figured it out and did something different in the offseason and he's older. And maybe he's not going to run into walls and he's going to eat steak that he can chew from now on. <laughs> all that is possible. Yeah, it's, of course it's possible. I mean, listen, you – you can't look back. If you're going to make a trade, make the fucking trade. And then don't look back. Don't, you know, the last thing you want to do is like, you know, I mean, I hate when people are sitting there with buyer's remorse. The guys haven't even fucking played for them yet. And and they're still like lamenting over, you know, making this trade. Um, And, and then guys who just sit there and like, ah, oh, I can't believe I traded this guy. Uh, and he's hitting 338, you know, since I traded him with like, you know, 14 home runs, whatever. They were like, if you're like sitting there and you're studying that, then you shouldn't have made the fucking trade in the first place then. Right. You just, you shouldn't look back at that. You need to, to, to make your moves and move on like emotionally. Well, yeah. Emotionally. Here's the other thing. When you, any fantasy sport, you are going to make moves that you regret. And that's part of it because that means you're aggressive and you're adding players and you're trying to find the next breakout. So there's always going to be a couple of players where you're going to regret cutting. You're going to look back like, oh, I can't believe I cut that guy. That's part of it, man. That means you're being aggressive. If you're not making moves like that, then you're probably just sitting on the players you drafted. And you can't do that because part of winning in fantasy is finding the late breakouts. I've always said this. The middle to late rounds are where you win. And, of course, making plays off the waiver wire. Of course, early in the year, you know, we've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of aggressive bids already in the high stakes and even home leagues and some of those are going to work out. Others are going to look back and be like, oh, I made a mistake. But that's part of it. You know, you, you do have to show some aggressiveness. And you can't just sit back and, well, this is the team I drafted. You know, it's good. I'm just going to leave it. No, you got to look to improve it. You are going to make cuts you regret. You just hope it's not someone that goes out there and has 30, 35 home runs. Or I saw someone cut Trent Grisham in an online championship league in the NFC. How's that possible, bro? He just came back. <laughs> like, I hope that was the wrong button, but I just – that boggles my mind. I'm like, what? That's a 12-team league with 30 roster spots. I mean, first of all, he shouldn't even be cutting a 10-team league. He just came back. So, that, well, that's one you should regret. That's one where oh, – I was about to say something bad, and I can't do that in today's society. <laughs> I was like, that's one you do want to beat yourself up over. That one, yeah, that's stupid. Um, but, like, I'm talking about – I don't know – Someone that maybe you cut that's off to a slow start and then all of a sudden they hit, but is not an established player. Not a guy you're taking in the first 10 rounds. Maybe you drafted someone around 27 and you're like, ah, he's not off to a good 
start. It's not looking good. I'm going to cut him. And then, you know, in a month, he's got 10 home runs. Those are going to happen. It sucks, but you have to make moves that you, you can't make every trade and be like, I mean, you're not going to make a trade as soon as you get it. Oh, yeah, I want this trade. You, you should be sitting there thinking about trades because it means it's fair for both sides. If you're clicking accept on every trade offer that comes in the inbox, something's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> something seriously wrong. Oh, man. See, I like I, I hear you talk about stuff like this, and I don't understand how you're like, you know, you're totally cool with no trading in the NFPC. Or actually, you know what? No, I get why you're not you're you're into no trading with the NFPC. Um, the GST league. Um, I know you've modeled it after it, but GST to just to not be able to trade. Mm. No, honestly. I don't mind the not trading takes so much time. Dude, there's a guy in my home league. He's already made four trades this year, bro. Four. We're like a little over the weekend of the season. And he sends me offers probably every other day. And I'm not joking. You're like, oh, you're exaggerating. I am not, bro. This guy, he lives to trade. And I know exactly what he does, bro. He spends big on two or three players in the auction. He was probably down to 16 players for $1. So he basically had no pitching. And he takes mm -hmm. all his bats and then trades for pitching. It's just like, dude, that is so much work. You really want to work that hard? Like, I know trading is fun, um, but I think trading takes work. And I'm gonna, I have not offered one trade yet. I mean, towers we can trade, labor we're gonna trade, and I might have to make a trade in labor at some point if my offense. I have every offensive player that sucks. Keston here, Aaron Hicks. I mean, Devers finally woke up. I didn't have Robles and Soto the first week, but you know, it's just one of those where everyone is collectively off to a bad start. So. I'm just going to let it ride for a couple of weeks, maybe at a certain point, make a trade. But trading is a lot of work, man, if you want to do it successful. Because I've always said you have to look at the other team's roster and see what they need. And that's where people fail. They just block. Like, oh, well, uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to send this guy a pitcher and I'm going to ask for a bat. Well, that guy's first in every pitching category and has Cole and McCullers and Musgrove and Trevor Rogers and Carl like he doesn't need pitching. <laughs> you know, so that's that's the problem with trading where it insults people, but I get it. You know, trading, yeah, trading can be fun. There's no doubt about it. But I guess for me, it's the time that it takes to trade. Like if you want to, you got, because I look at the roster grid, who needs what? It takes time. It definitely does take time. It's, I mean, if it's done properly, it takes time. Yeah, absolutely. I've got, I said, I've got one league where I've just got all this corner infield help and I'm like, all right, you know, now I'm just, I'm kind of waiting for a couple of situations on people's teams that I'm watching um, just so I can turn around and be like, all right, hey, look, here, here we go. This is this is my surplus. But, I mean, it's got to be a decent matchup for me. I could use, um, you know, some pitching, um, but I'm not ready to not ready to part with it. I'm, I'm, but, I mean, this is like what you have to do. I mean, you have to sit there and just kind of watch through it. Um, all right. I want to, uh, you know, listen, trading is, is yeah, we could, we could sit here for, for 45 minutes to an hour and not even tap into the art of trading. Like that's, you know, it's amazing how many, how few people have that skill. It's funny, right? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, let me uh, I'll tell you what, because I wanted to ask you about, um, some other things. Sorry, I just I just saw that I, I missed my prop on Freddie Peralta. Damn it! While well, you're at the under, 
I, you know, he just, he played the, he pitched against the Cubs last week. That was his last start. And I just, I hate the back-to-backs for pitching. Freddie's nasty, bro. I know he's nasty, bro. I pushed him up the main event. I'm like, we're fucking getting him. I think we got him in round 16 or the 15th. I'm like, I'm not leaving without Freddie. And then, of course, the GST, I think. I was debating, and then we said, all right, he might make it back one round. He didn't. I was so fucking pissed. I was like, damn it. We should have fucking taken him. I knew it. I knew it. Uh. Yeah, well, so there you go. So one of the props that I, I did was I, I took the under on that. It was seven and a half, you know, and I, it was just, yeah. I know he's he's reborn. It happens. It he's rejuvenated. Spread Peralta. Oh yeah, for to me it doesn't that doesn't bother me, man. You know, listen, with with the with the picks that I've been making, I mean, yeah, look, you you're gonna lose them, man, and that's the part of wagering. You got on, you got to brush it aside and understand yeah. that you can't uh, win every pick. Oh, it fucking it happens. It happens. You know, and there are some days where I'm gonna feel like you know a little a little friskier than others, right? And you know, like being on a run and you feel pretty good about it. You like to try and like take that shot. You know, listen, I know what the analytics said about Freddie Peralta. And, you know, I got to his, you know, discussion with Ani Sreeder from SiriusXM about it. I was just like, ah, it's just, it's just, it's facing him on the back to back. It's just seeing him, you know, to me, that's the advantage. The advantage of that is to the hitter, you know, and, and, and so whatever. But yeah, the Cubs do totally blow. And, uh, and that's just the way it is. Um, I want to give a quick shout out here to our sponsor. I'm going to pay some bills real quick, Adam. Then I got to, Got some waiver questions to ask you. Um, so let's shout it out here for Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site you guys need to be playing on. <laughs> Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P. You will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we... Uh, Pay the bills. All right, so waivers come and go. I got some questions for you because you you audit the uh, the the NFBC and and how much guys are going for. Um, was Naquin available to everybody right now, or did he go in the 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 week prior? No, he was available. I actually fucking got him in the uh, NFBC main event, and we didn't expect to. Like we put in a small bit, like yeah, we're not going to get him. Put in forty-seven bucks. We got him, man. His run really? Was, yeah, run up was twenty-three. So clearly, this league was pretty sharp and was like, "Yeah, he's not going to continue this." So 
we needed to kind of get another bat. So he wasn't our first option. Yeah, we got him, and obviously he's not in the lineup Monday, so that's the concern because uh, Winker's back. You got Winker, Senzel, and Castellanos. So that's the key is he's going to lose at bats. Um, so we kind of were not really happy about it, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, that's the thing. We said, ah, 47, uh, we're not going to get him. We're not going to get him. We want – somehow Corey Dickerson was available in this league. A very good player dropped him last week, so it was kind of puzzling. And um, – we put in a bit of 78. He went for 83. Could have used Corey Dickerson, who I think has five or six righties this week. I think the Marlins play seven. They only have one lefty. So um, in a 15-team league, he should be rostered. I mean, he's owned him. He was owned in my 12-team online. So it was kind of shocking. But, yeah, we did get Naquin for 47, and uh, we really didn't want him. Sirius XM host league that I joined. Michael Waldo paid three hundred and thirty-six bid dollars for Tyler Naquin. Yeah, too much. Like the only reason he was getting the starts to begin with was because Winker was sick. Now, yeah, he's oh, he's he's playing, you know, out of his out of his freaking mind right now. But like, do we not already know who Tyler Naquin is? Like, this isn't like you know, some like twenty-three-year-old kid who's just like on his first call up or something. This is like, this is a guy who languished could not crack the Cleveland outfield as a, as a regular guy. He's a career fourth outfielder. Um, and he's off to this hot start. <clears throat> and this is actually, I wrote my, my article in the, in the New York post this past weekend um, about this is that Tyler Naquin, I mean, you put all this money on him. What are you expecting to get? Whoops. What are you expecting to get, you know, the rest of the way? You're going to be lucky if you get, like, four home runs the rest of the freaking way for this guy. I mean, I just, you know, it, it, it's it's amazing to me to see some guys like this go for, like, such crazy money. Yeah, people just react to what they see. I mean, the biggest issue for him is playing time. I mean, it's pop, he's we're dealing again with just a couple games, but he's crushing the ball. He's hitting the ball hard. His walk rate is up. And he did have a good year in 2019. It was only 89 games, but he hit 288 for Cleveland, had 10 homers, 34 runs, 34 RBIs, and four steals. I don't know. Cleveland's always had outfield problems. I don't know why they just got rid of him. I know he wasn't good last year in 40 games, but it's a good ballpark. The problem is the playing time because Castellanos is not sitting and Senzel and Winker. So I think they're, you know, Naquin's going to play. The problem is it's going to be two, three games a week, maybe four. And even that's kind of asking a lot. So that's the problem. And as you can see, in this league, no one believed in him. And unfortunately, we were left holding the bag on him because uh, we needed a bat. So he wasn't our first bid. It was a couple contingent bids. And we were actually, we were stunned that we got him. We're like, really? Because um, I saw in other leagues, he went, I mean, Tout Wars, he went for like 160. So in a lot of leagues, so we, that's what we thought. We're like, all right, he's going to go for, you know, anywhere from one to 150. So 47 is not going to win them. And it did. But that's also another lesson too. always put in a bid for someone, you know, because we imagine again, we don't really want them. But I'm saying for like, say it like Lou Trevino. Right. So we we needed a closer. Um, we went 141 and we were the runner up. He we went for 189 in the 12 team online championship. I got Trevino for 18. Because there's such a big difference in the 12 and the 15. And I'm still trying to kind of figure that out. Um, cause it's difficult when you're used to playing in the 15 and then you go to the 12. So I've learned, all right, I got to go lower. So class eight was available. I mean, I think I have McGee 
and Mayweather, Merriweather. So I was like, all right, I kind of don't have to get a closer. So Class A went for 239. I was never paying that much. Yumi Garcia went for 178. This is the 12 team. And I went 18 on Trevino. I'm like, oh, if we get him for 18, we get him 18, and we have a third closer, we can rotate in and out. Got him for 18. The runner-up was 13. I got a kill Badu for nine in a 12. So that's the thing. In the 12, like, and the bids vary. I was showing people, like Trevino and other leagues went for over 200 in a 12. It's crazy yeah. how the 12 team online championships in the NFPC, the fab varies. And this is a perfect example why I always say, I can't give you a perfect strategy for fat because every league is different. I'm right. sure Trevino went for um, two fourteen and another twelve. So you kind of have to read your league. And I saw the first week of fat on my twelve team. I'm like, wow, these guys are pretty conservative because I got Kyle Isbell with no runner up, and there was like seven bids with no runner up. I'm like, okay, this league is kind of conservative on fat. Um, and Merriweather I got for 88 the first week, runner up was 72. So I read the first week. I'm like, all right, these guys are kind of conservative. And they're a little bit more aggressive this week, but still nothing crazy. So that's why I had the low bids. And I'm like, all right, I'll take the low bids on these guys and just churn the back of my roster. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's funny. You know, I mean, obviously in some leagues, um, I, I I got Trevino in a, in a few of them. I'm trying to see. In, in one league where it's just 100 bucks for Fab, um, I got him for 11 Right. I mean, you know, 11. I mean, if, if you're thinking about it, like, you know, to me, it's it's all it's thinking about in, in percentages. So if I'm going to put 11 on him in, you know, in this league, well, I mean, I thought that was, um, a, you know, a mid-level bid. I didn't know if I was going to get it or not. <clears throat> but this is like, yeah, this is 16 teams and, you know, only the 100 for fab. So, you know, but I mean, listen, if in, in the uh in the 15 teamers in uh, I think Barf or uh either the Barf League or, or TGFBI. I mean I put triple digits on uh I think I put triple digits on Trevino. I might have got him for in, in one for like 80 some odd dollars, but I mean that was that was the thing going for like him and Knebel, um, you know, needing saves help. Like that was that was that was also what kind of bummed me out, you know, in a lot of drafts that I did. Um, I didn't invest in in closing, and so it forces me into going after these guys early. So, geez. but I mean, yeah, it's percentage wise, right? I mean, if I'm going to put eleven dollars on them with a hundred dollar in fab, then I'm going to have to put in at least a hundred and eleven dollars um, in the other league, right? Percentage wise, it's eleven percent bid. Yeah, it also depends on team need too. A lot of the bids. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, if I, if I don't really need the guy, I'm not going to put, like, massive bucks on him. Let's see. What did I got? Yeah. Oh, Trevino and Great Fantasy Baseball Invitation. I got him for 88. Yep. Got him for 88, Adam. I, got I think I know I went – I got him in tout. I went a little heavy, but I have no closer, so I had to do it. I mean, again, he's not – he looks like he's the leading candidate, and maybe they mix Deepman in. But again, it all depends on again where Trevino. I went eighteen. I didn't really need him. Token bid, got him. Cool. Um, I really needed him in tout, and I think I went one seventy something. I did not get him in TGF. What did he go for? He went for what? No way. He went sixty three. Wait a second. Did I not need a closer? Oh, I have McGee and Merriweather, so I didn't want to go. Triple digits. 
because I didn't didn't you know have to get him. Whereas in the towel where I got no clothes, I got to get one. Even it might not work out. Maybe he doesn't, but I have to take the chance at that point because I can't get buried in saves. Yeah, I um, Jesus tout. <laughs> I don't know what it is with me and tout wars, man. Like, do the fantasy gods just hate me? But the injuries are just continuously piling up on me. I just let uh, what's his face? I just let Trevor Rosenthal go. I haven't released um, what's his face? Eloy Jimenez yet. I mean, I'm just kind of waiting. You know, letting people like, you know, eat into their fab dollars a little bit more. And then I can be like, okay, I'm going to release them by this deadline and still get that 290 back. But, dude, it seems like everything I touch in, in tout gets hurt. That happens, man. There's those situations where you have those teams where just kind of a lot of stuff goes wrong. And that's why we have multiple teams because – it's inevitable sometimes that you just get one of those teams where a lot of things go wrong and all you can do is just kind of keep working at it and hope things turn around. But yeah, it just happens that you get that one team where just things just go wrong. So dreadfully wrong. Yeah. It's um, I, I have Tatis, Rosenthal, Paxton. Oof, oh, um, yeah. So, so that's why I, I Picked up Hassan Kim. I had to actually, I had a huge bid on him and I lowered it because I saw Tatis might come off Friday. I still won him. Yeah, I got him 68. Trevino, I went one, where is it? 178. Because I was like, I got no closers, man. I got I got Pomerantz and Crichton, bro. So I'm like, I got to take a shot, man. <laughs> Pomerantz and Crichton. Yeah. And again, uh, I was pissed off during the, it sounds crazy. At the time, it sounded crazy. I was really pissed off. Rudy Gamble took Jake McGee one pick before me. I was so mad, and I DM'd him, too. And he probably like, damn, Ronis is crazy. He's pissed off about Jake McGee. <laughs> now you see why, bro. McGee is – I had McGee ranked 15th or 16th at closer. I have him in TGFBI. I have him in the online championship, my home league. Like, I just felt like he's the best guy for the job. I know everyone was talking about Gabe Kapler, committee this, committee that. Maranta was dealing with a shoulder issue. And what, of course, Maranta's on the injured list now. Just felt to me like he was the guy. And look, yeah, so a good start. He could easily implode and I get it. But I had a pretty strong feeling on him. And that really hurt me, man, because he took McGee. And then I take Drew Pomerantz. And then Rosenthal gets hurt. And I got nothing now. So that pick really fucking hurt me, man. Sorry, buddy. It's all right. Whatever. I mean, the team's actually doing pretty good. Uh, I mean, if Tatis came back, it would be huge. But, um, you know, I got J.D. Martinez in that league. I mean, J.D. Martinez was easy to see. I mean, he was so cheap. Even though in this league, I took him in round four because it's OBP. I know probably people looked at me like, yo, what is he doing? Fourth round? (laughs) But it was OBP. I'm like, the dude's going to bounce back. I mean, so far, so good. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think everyone, especially if you're in a 15-team league, you're dealing with trying to figure out saves, man. The good thing is a lot of other teams are going through the same situation. So you're not going to get totally buried. Let me see. I think I know I have no saves. I guarantee. Yeah. So me and two other teams have no saves. Three have one. Three have two. So it's like, you know what I mean? You find that one closer, you make a trade and you're right back in it. You don't need to win the category. No, you just don't need to give up points. Like, I mean, in the sense that you just don't like concede the points. Grabbing, 
Uh, saves and steals, man. They're the two categories where you always move. You can always move up in easier there. So, yeah, this is if you all <clears throat> if you make that deal and you grab that extra that closer at the end, you know, you move up a couple of points. Could be the difference between winning and losing the league right there, right? You gain three or four points in saves. Take a, you know, if you if if, if you're taking a point away from the team who's in front of you, oh, it's double delicious. Yeah. So that's the key. You'll see a lot of trades this year in trading leagues for steals and saves because that is a category that you can absolutely move up quickly. No doubt about it. Uh, anything else you see off of waivers that was a little odd or too high priced or people making a mistake or, hey, this was actually like a really good deal? Uh, I thought this was not a great week for waivers. Like, I didn't think this would be a week I would really spend much. I mean, if you uh, streamed Yanoa for his two-start week, you got off to a really good start tonight against the Marlins. Again, the Marlins offense is just pathetic, but Yanoa was dominant tonight. Seven innings, no, six innings, three hits, a run, a walk, and 10 Ks, 82 pitches, 55 for strikes. So, I think his second start is against the Cubs. So he still might be out there on the waiver wire. It sounds like they said they're going to – I was a little concerned that if he struggles that maybe they call up Bryce Wilson, Kyle Wright, but it looks like Soroka is going to miss more time. So that could t- turn out to be a, a really good pickup. I mean, so Badu was added in a lot of leagues. Um, a Jacob Junis for his two-start week. He's added this cutter. Um yeah, I mean, it was a lot of – I mean, Colin Moran was added in a lot of leagues. I actually added him, too, because I needed some corner infield help. He's playing every day. I know the Pirates lineup sucks, but he's getting clean up. Um, but, yeah, I didn't think there was anything monumental this week. Um, and, I, yeah, outside of Trevino, I really didn't have any big bids. The Arizona closers were speculated on. I mean, I did pick up Ginkle in the main event for 41. Runner-up was 38. I mean, I don't, I don't know who's going to close for them. I don't think they know who's going to close for them. No. Not at all. Not at all. Um, but listen, we're going to be doing this. This is going to be the same conversation. We're going to have this conversation all year long. All yep. year long, just chasing saves. And listen, I think overall for the, for the position, this is probably – this is probably one of the worst years already. I mean, we're like two weeks into it, and we're already having like one of like the absolute worst years uh, dealing with this shit. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yep. Glass now up to 14 strikeouts in the I NFL. know, dude. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy. <sighs> Freddie Freddy Peralta's got 10. Okay. That's, yeah, I got him in, in a few leagues, including Tout, so... That's good, at least. I need this. Uh, I need this Padres Pirates score to stay down a little bit. I'm gonna sweat this one out now. Bottom of the seventh, six to one. It was eight and a half. Was the uh, the run scored on this one? Yeah, eight, eight, eight runs scored. So I got. Yeah, I, I need the Brewers to break it open here. Bases I need the loaded. Brewers to break it open yeah, too, dude. I took. The money line today. Let's go. Lorenzo Kane bases loaded. No out. Come on, man. I need this Freddie win, bro. Dear Wait, Lord. did Freddie pitch the sixth? Yeah, right? He did. Okay, so he's he probably did. done. He's at 93. Oh, yeah, he's done. 93 pitches. Oh, yeah, they just pinch hit for him already this inning. So come on, Brewers. Break this shit open. Um, let's give it up for Sandy Alcantara and uh, and Huascar Wainoa for 
uh, helping me keep that score down. I had the under eight oh and a half. Oh, my God. Higashioka, two home runs today. He just homered again. Oh, baby. I don't mind it. This is actually one where, you know, I have Garrett Cole in a couple leagues, so I'll take the W. Right. I have Cole in my home league and TGFBI. So there's one time, unfortunately, where it's like, yeah, okay, Yankees win the game. Oh, guess who just went yard? Oh. Akil Badu. Put him in, actually, oh, my God, I put him in my um, online uh, championship, the 12 team. Who did I take out? Was it Hicks? I think it was. I think I took, let me see. I think that's the only league I added Badu, right? Did you add him anywhere else? Um, I think I tried to add him back in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, but I think I missed out on him. Um, but I put him into yes. uh, into, my, into my lineup into uh, you know one of my home leagues today, and it's always just it's always nice. Just ah uh, yeah. See what I did is when I saw Hicks was sitting out tonight, and the Yankees have two games in the next three. Badu has four and four righties. That's where the NFBC is very important, man. Games played, you got to look at that stuff. And I wrote it up in the preseason high stakes league. So if you guys. Check that out and jump to the high stakes. It's very important. You know, NFBC, you change the lineup Monday through Thursday, Friday through Sunday. So it was like, hey, a potential four games for Badu or three or two from Hicks. I'm taking Badu. So, and Hicks obviously has been slumping too. So, yeah, I had Badu in the lineup. So I get that home run. And that the big, good thing about that is, all right, you're in there tomorrow, kid. Another righty, you're in the lineup, right? You can't take the guy out. <sighs> You hit, you're in. Uh, no, I mean, like, that's that's the thing. I mean, they're going to sit him against some lefties. We know that's going to happen. But, um, listen, yeah, I'm not uh, – <laughs> I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm fine leaving him in there for, you know, like a weekly league. Just let it happen. I mean, listen, if, if, I, if I see the upcoming schedule and it looks like, you know, he's going to face – there are going to be four or five lefties uh, coming up in the week, then no, I'm not going to use him there. But – you know, at some point they're going to have to start putting him in against lefties just to to get him right and just to get him like you know doing better. You don't want to you don't want to stunt this dude's growth, right? And and turn around and you know only use him against right-handed pitching. Like that's just not you know it's not developing a guy. Come on, Lorenzo Kane can't drive in a run with the bases loaded. Son of a bitch! Right? What a piece! Come of on, crap. man. Just get a sack fly, guy. Come uh, on. Just the worst, right? Lorenzo Shit. King. That ship sailed a long time ago, Adam. Yeah. That's a long time ago. All right. Well, let's see. This needs to stay low. That needs to stay low. Milwaukee needs to come back. <laughs> Dude, it's killing me. Checking my phones every two seconds. So funny. <laughs> but that's going to do it for us here today. At, uh, at Annie Up. And uh, as always, we thank you guys for tuning in, liking, subscribing, having some fun. Um, let's see what things that you guys should know. Early bird NFL package over at Fantasy Alarm. You definitely want to uh, take a look at that. Um, my early rankings out there. There's a flow of content coming out for the NFL um, over the course of the next couple of weeks leading into the draft. Uh, Adam's crushing basketball and baseball. I'm crushing baseball. Um, Jen Piacenti's crushing baseball. So there's lots of shit going on there. You guys got to uh, be a part of it. Oh, and uh, and I interviewed uh, DC Glenn from the uh, hip hop 90s hip hop duo tag team. 
for everybody out there who knows scoop there it is from the geico ads uh this dude was an amazing interview he was phenomenal if you got sirius xm app search fantasy alarm search fantasy interviews uh dc glenn uh on the fantasy alarm show this dude was 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 amazing he was funny he was personable um uh and he was so inspirational just off oh, the words coming out of his mouth was just it was amazing absolutely amazing so i uh, highly recommend all of that and uh yeah and then adam's on uh dude you got fenced all this week man how are you how are you putting up with that now yeah it's tough i know i know but it's funny alarm after hours tuesday through friday tuesday through thursday adam and fenced you got adam who's like Bender, wrap up this fucking show so that I can go do my show with Lisa Ann right now. All sorts of stuff here. So thanks so much, everybody, for liking and subscribing. I'm Howard Bender for Adam Ronis. This has been Annie Up. We'll catch you next time.